But let's jump into the Bible, shall we? I'm excited to be here today, but I'm excited to open up the scriptures with you. Let's go to the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1 today. I mentioned to those earlier in the early service, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what the Lord's going to, what, what the future holds for our society, for our country, for our churches. There's a lot of great things that are right around the corner, and I feel that with the deepest of my heart. Uh, I know that the Lord is not finished with us. The Lord is not finished with our country. Uh, there's a lot of things that God still wants to do, and He wants to do that through you. He wants to do that through me. He wants to do that through our local church ministries, and I feel that very strongly. I wanted to preach a message to you this morning entitled, Stir Up Your Christian Life. Second Timothy, the Apostle Paul is speaking to Timothy, writing here, and he gives him some very unique phrases, some very unique words that I wanted to point out to you today. And we're going to look at three different little places, and then we'll stick in one spot and finish for the rest of the time. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, I want you to watch for the word remembrance, and I want you to watch for the words stir up. Can you do that with me? Let's start in verse number three. Paul writes to Timothy, he says this, I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers day and night. Isn't it great to have people remember you in your prayers? Um, I love a prayer list because it reminds me of people that I really need to pray for. And lifting them up before the Lord and seeing how the Lord is going to bless their life and work in their life, I love... Facebook for the aspect of being able to keep track of what's happening in people's life all across our country. And boy, it's a blessing to have people praying. I did want to pause for a moment. I just realized that I did not let you know about our new prayer cards that are back on the table. Please pray for our ministry. Um, we've started up a, a Facebook page. It's in, address information is on the back of our cards, Rickard, Tra, Rickard Family Ministries. Please pray for us. Follow along with us in our journey with the Lord, that the Lord would really make a difference in the young people of our country grab, there's some new prayer cards out on the display table out there. Please grab one, put it on your fridge. That way, every time you eat something, that's a lot for me, uh, the Lord will remind you to pray for us and that we can partner with our ministry there. The Apostle Paul says, I thank God because of you. Verse number four, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. I love the Apostle Paul's thought process, the struggles that we go through in our life, the tears, the hardships, they're not there to remember the hardships, but they're there to remember the joy that comes from it. The things that God brought you through can be looked back on and said, I thank my God because he is bigger than my problems. Verse number four, greatly desiring to see that I may be mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned, that means real, faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. I am praise the Lord for multi-generation Christians. Those that have passed down the faith from grandparent to parent to child. Hey, young person, don't miss the faith of your grandparents. Grandparents, pass that along. Make it real. Start them young. Grow them older. My daughter, Victoria, just got saved a couple weeks ago. Four years old. Been praying for her for a long time. And the Lord worked on her heart. And by, by God's grace, it's amazing. Two down, two to go. Let's keep going. Verse number six. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul says, I want to show you some things, Timothy. I want to remind you of some things that you know and you know very well, but I want to stir it up. I want to make it real again to you. 
Because the same God you used to serve is still the same God that you serve today. The Apostle Peter used some of the same uh, words in his books. Would you go to the back of your Bible a little bit farther? 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Peter uses a little bit of the, the same idea with a little bit different verbiage. And I want to show you that. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 1 and verse number 2. Peter says this, The second epistle, beloved, I, would, I write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. There's stuff that has been said in the past that you need to hear again. It's not just there to be forgotten, it's there to be remembered. And let's look at one more, our text passage. I have turned one page toward the front, 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, we're going to look at verse number 12 and verse number 13. The Bible says this, Wherefore, I will not be negligent, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to forget, to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Did you notice those words? That idea of stirring up, and that stirring up is paired with the remembrance. Would you bow with me this morning as we talk to the Lord? Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I count it a great privilege to hold your word in my hand. I thank you that you've given us the ability to know you. And Father, I pray that this morning that you would challenge each heart here today. Holy Spirit, we give you free control. Speak to my heart. Father, speak to each of the hearts here today that we would not walk out the same way that we came in. But Father, that we would be changed. We would be stirred up because of the remembrance and the things that you've brought to our minds today. We love you, Father. I ask that you would bless our service this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Shortly before I came, uh, we hit the road this year, uh, the Lord allowed us to be able to purchase a house. We wanted to be able to get rid of a house, our house mortgage. And so the Lord allowed us to sell our house and to purchase one and be debt-free from that. But the, the blessing that comes along with a purchase like that is there's a lot of work that goes into it. And shortly before we left Georgia, I was doing some fix-up remodel in our house, and I had some painting to do. And I pulled out a five-gallon bucket of paint that I had used in the past and had really kind of forgotten how long it had been since I had opened that bucket of paint. As I looked down into that bucket of paint, I saw that it didn't look to be the same color as I remembered it being. And then I realized that it wasn't all the way it used to be. Instead, it had separated into three separate layers inside, you know, the chemical breakdown of what the paint would be. Well, I just decided that I would just throw it all away. No, that's not what I did. I got one of those really big sticks, and I started stirring up the bucket, all right? You know, kind of dipping down a little bit lower and pulling up the color from the bottom. And shortly, it wasn't too long that that paint was back to the right consistency, that it was the same color as I thought it was, and it was good to go. You see, there wasn't anything wrong with the paint. It was all there. It just had, hadn't been used for so long that it had separated. There was nothing that had to be gotten rid of. It just needed to be stirred up. It needed to be freshened. It needed to be brought back to life, if you will. And then those color, that color began to go on the walls and to change what the, the appearance of what the house was. And I got to thinking about those scriptures, and my Bible reading took me through the books of Peter and Timothy, and I came across that phrase of the stirring up. And I couldn't get past this thought that we as Christians, many times our lives and the things that we know about God have sat for so long that they begin to separate. 
And we've begun to separate into, this is my house and my family. This is my church. This is me at work. This is me around other people. God doesn't want your life to be compartmentalized and segmented in that way, where the way that you act around this group of people is different from the way you act around these, this group of people. God wants it to be one. God wants you to be real. God wants you to be complete in that full context of what the Scripture teaches. How that Holy Spirit doesn't work differently to different people. He is one, and He wants to fill you, not with yourself, but with God. God wants to work in your heart the same way He wants to work in my heart, the same way He wants to work with Christians' heart all around our world, and He wants to do it in His way. So that requires us today a little bit of remembrance. I want to take a stick today, and I want you to help me. Stick it to your life a little bit, and let's do some stirring. Bring up some things that, in Paul's words, you already know. But I need to bring back to your remembrance. That the Holy Spirit today could take the words of Scripture and stir you up to get you ready to serve God a little more. To do a little bit more. I've been watching the news and I'm trying to stay away from it. But it seems like the fear that settled into our hearts, the things that we are, we used to do, but now we're kind of afraid to do. And in some ways, there is a change that has to happen. But God is not the spirit of fear. In fact, the first passage we looked at in 2 Timothy says God's not the spirit of fear. He hasn't given that to us, but He's given us power. He's given us love and a sound mind. God's Word is not indecisive. God has a plan for you. And so this morning, I'd like to show you three, or four things. Number one, I want to show you something to remember, something to revive, something to recognize, and something to review. So let's jump right in, shall we? Looking at verse number one there of chapter one in 2 Peter, I want you to remember with me your position. You have a place. You have a belonging somewhere that you belong to be. Would you read along with me? Verse 1 says this, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Can I remind you and let you marvel with me at the price that Jesus paid for you? Your position in Jesus Christ, your place as a child of God, did not come for free. Now, it was free for us because it was a gift, but it was not free for our Savior. Our God, you remember the verse, John three sixteen. it says, For God so loved the world that He left us all alone. <laughs> That's not what the verse says. For God so loved the world that He gave. That's, that's costing. Gave His only begotten Son. Jesus Christ left the splendor of heaven, the beauty of it, that relationship, that closeness with God His Father, and came to our earth to live like us so that He could be the payment for our sin. That ultimate payment, bearing our sin in His body so that we could be forgiven. His death on the cross was not a peaceful one. It was not an easy one. It was a painful one. One that cost him everything so that we could have everything. That price of Jesus Christ, and Peter puts it this way, 
the righteousness of God. We have access, and if as a Christian, you have that righteousness of God, so that when God the Father looks at you, He doesn't see you with your sin. He sees the righteousness of God through the person of Jesus Christ. You have a belonging, you have a purpose, you have a position in the eyes of God. How do we miss that? I mean, how many times do we find ourselves to be a a person who belongs in the city of Rapid City or wherever your locale happens to be? We see ourselves as a United States citizen, which there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm so thankful that the Lord has placed me here. But let me tell you, you're a citizen of heaven. You belong to God, which means that your position is not, I'm supposed to take care of these things first. I'm supposed to take care of His things first. When we marvel at the price, I want you to also notice in verse number two, I want you to marvel with me, along with me, at the peace that God brings. Look at verse number two. The Bible says this, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Do you remember the peace of God that passed into your heart the day you got saved? Do you remember the worry and the the, the fear of what was going to happen for your future, for eternity, and how the Holy Spirit brought that calmness and confidence into your life. Since that time, the worry, the struggles that you've been through, the hardship, the family problems, the work problems, the relationship issues, the financial problems, and that peace of God that fills your soul. I'm so glad that I don't have to go through this time alone. There's no wonder, in my mind, why our world is the way it is and why people are struggling so much as they are. It's because they don't have the same God that we have. They don't have that same Holy Spirit that gives them the confidence, hey, things might be rough. It might not work the way you want it to, but my God's in control. And I don't have to fear what's going to happen. I don't have to fear the future. I don't have to worry because my God's in control. Marvel at that peace. Sometimes we leave that peace on the shelf and we choose to worry instead. Casting all your care upon Him because He careth for you. Are you carrying that care? Are you carrying that worry? You say there are things you should be worried about. Okay, I agree. There are things that you should be careful of. But let's give that to the Lord and let His peace fill your soul. When we were coming into this summer with Vacation Bible School and Boy, groups of kids. Kids don't understand social distancing. They just don't. And I was talking with my dad, and I said, how are we going to do Bible school? And I said, Lord, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to work. I said, but I know one thing. I know what God's called you to, and I know what God's called me to. That need hasn't changed. So as the Lord opens up the doors... That's what we're going to do. And I'll tell you, the fear is real. If you forget the God who can conquer that fear. And it'll hold you back. But God doesn't want it that way. God wants to set you free. God wants to give you that power so that you can step forward with confidence knowing my God's in control. Marvel at the price. Marvel at the peace. Would you look at another one? Verse number three. Marvel at the power. According to His divine power, not ours, His, hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Wow. 
everything that you need for this life, put it all in a bucket, God's got that. Everything. Everything you need for life. Then it goes to the next one. And godliness. Everything that you need to stand before your God and Him be satisfied with you. And Him be pleased with you. It's not something that you can get. It's something that you already have. You have that through the power of God. Keep going. The end of the verse says, and through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's called us, knowledge of Him that's called us to glory and to virtue. Christian, God has something special that He's already set in place for you that you just have to remember and go. Number four, marvel at the promises. Look at verse four. Whereby we're given, we're given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Hey, Christian, there's a day coming where all of this temporary is going to be gone. You can escape it. The world can't. They're locked in until Jesus sets them free. Christian, you have a position. Remember who you are before your God. Paul said it to Timothy. Peter said it to the church. Remember who you are because it's going to change you. Would you look at another remember? Not just remember your position, but now revive your practice. The things that you should do. Look at verse number five. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. And then there's a whole list of things for the next three verses. Peter says, with all diligence, add to your faith. You say, why do I need to add to my faith? Well, I already used this this morning. That word diligence. Uh, it has the idea of urgent dispatch. And I think of 911 operators and all of our first responders. When they come to help someone, they get the call. How long do they wait? Not at all. It's get it done now. Because when you need something, you needed it five minutes ago. Not an hour in the future. It's that urgency. And so Peter here says, with this urgency, with this eagerness, with this earnestness... You need to add to your faith. You say, what's my faith? That's the position in Christ. But it's not something that you add of your own. It's as you recognize and realize, God's already given this to me. I have access to this. I just have to pull it off the shelf and use it. Look what the scripture says. Add to your faith virtue. That idea of treating people right. That valor, that, that just good Christian living. Go on. Add to your virtue, knowledge. How do you keep going? You're going to run out of virtue. (laughs) God doesn't. Each circumstance, each opportunity. You know how many moments of wisdom are in the Bible? God has an answer person that you come into contact with, each person that you deal with, so that you can continue that virtue, so you can continue showing that love. But not only that, moving on, add to that knowledge, temperance, the idea of self-control, and to that, patience, (laughs) cheerful endurance. Oh boy, doesn't God talk about patience? He does. 
didn't Jesus show that patience? I think about those Pharisees. Boy, they, they bugged Jesus. They chased him. They followed him. They ridiculed him. What did he do? He took care of it with God's strength. There were times that he turned and rebuked them, but I'll tell you this, he never once lost his testimony. He never once fell into the temptation to go and slug one of them. I mean, I'm sure it was there. But I'll tell you this, he is our example of patience. I see him with the children. The disciples said, keep the children away. And Jesus said, no, 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 these are the important ones. You think it was patience? I think that's a part of it. Christian, you got to have that patience, but it doesn't happen with you. It happens with God. Moving on. Not only patience, but then godliness. That sense of piety. But it's not ourselves. The piety here spoken is of the gospel. What's the gospel theme? Jesus Christ giving himself for us. That's godliness shown to other people, extended to other people. You can have this too. I was in Walmart with my kids. I don't remember where we were. We were walking through Walmart, and I had a lady who talked to me, and she said, you know how dangerous it is to have your kids out? I said, "Hmm, okay. I have a God who's bigger than any problem, any sickness. Now, it's not that I'm not going to be careful, but I'm not afraid of it because God's in control. And she said, hmm, I thought of it that way. I guess God is in control. And you know what? Even a little person walking around can be that, can be that light that says, hey, you can see it. It's God, and he's shining through me. We've got to move on. Adding to brotherly kindness, that family affection, charity, that love in action. Are you wanting to grow? Are you wanting to add to your faith? I love this next verse. Verse number eight. For if these things, all that list be in you and abound, my brain goes to John chapter 15, Jesus saying, if ye abide in me, my words abide in you. Look what the verse says. They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you do these things, if you revive this practice in your life, you take steps of intentional actions towards serving God, you won't be barren. You won't be unfruitful. That idea of barren has the, has the twinge of laziness. Boy, isn't it easy to sit back and do nothing? You see, I can't minister in the same way I did before. My kids aren't coming to church. I can't run a bus route. Okay, that doesn't mean you don't serve. That doesn't mean that you just sit back and wait and pray for the day that you can do something again. No, look for other ways. Our church... We run a bus, we run two buses, three buses and two vans. Reaching out to our, the city of Columbus, we bring in probably 150 every week. Well, that had to stop. So what did our pastor say? Our pastor said, look, we can minister to our community. Let's go local. So we took packets and we went to people's doors in our neighborhood. We live in an older neighborhood, really a troubled neighborhood. And that information had several things in it, the gospel, but it also had our church phone number. With these words, if we can help you in any way, go get stuff for you, take care of kids for you, whatever we can do to help you, please call us. Let me tell you, it hasn't ceased 
since our church doors, we were able to open back up again and everything was pretty much back to normal, that we haven't had people from our community come and visit. Because there's an outreach, because there's something you can do for your God. It might not be the same as what it used to be. It might not be what you're used to and comfortable with, but there's a way to serve your God. There's a way to shine your light as a Christian to your community. There's a way to live for Him. But you got to look for it. You got to stir up that Christian life. You got to remember that your Savior who died for you asks you to serve Him. He doesn't make you. So stir a little deeper. Remember what the Lord has done for you. Remember what He paid. I love going back in my Bible and reading things that I wrote years ago because it reminds me of what God did five years ago. Things that I'd forgotten about. And I go, I wish I still remembered that. I wish I was still living that. Why not? Well, let's do it. Stir it up. Get back to where God wants you to be. You say, I don't, I don't have those memories. Okay, make some new ones. Hey, stir up that first time to get the strength and the confidence to go for God. Find a way to minister. It might not be in your traditional sort of way, but there's always people to serve. There's always something that you can do. Let's go on. Number one, remember your position. Number two, revive your practice. Number three, recognize your problem. You say, oh, typically you start with that. Well, look where Peter puts it. Verse number nine says this, but he that lacketh these things, all that remembering, all that reviving, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Have you ever been there? You forgot all the things that God did for you. And it turns into me instead of him. I think about that blind man, Bartimaeus, that Jesus healed. You remember the story? He left his coat, all his stuff. A blind person doesn't do that because he can't find it again. He left his stuff to go find Jesus. And when Jesus asked him, what do you want? He said that I might receive my sight. Why did he want to see? You say, because he wanted to be able to see like everyone else. I think it was deeper than that. You see, there's a certain aspect, and the Scripture compares this, of a spiritual blindness, that Satan's blind to the eyes of those who don't believe so that they can't see the full glory of God. But God's light enlightens them. And the Holy Spirit opens up their eyes, and now they have light. But Scripture says those that don't do these things, those that have been forgiven of their sins, it's like we intentionally put the blinders back on. God, I don't want to see all of this. Why? Because we're selfish. Because it turns to me. I get comfortable sitting in my chair at church. Nobody talked to me. I'm just here. Preacher, make me happy. Tell me something that I don't already know. That's not the way the Bible works, folks. How many times did God say to the people, put the scriptures in front of you day and day and day after day so you remember? Scripture's all here, folks. You need to stir it up. You need to remember. 
I don't want to be one of those that's forgotten that I was purged of my sins. I want to be fresh. When you see a cross, when you sing a song, hey, he sang some awesome songs today. I am resolved no longer to linger. I'm not charmed by this world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured, they've attracted, they've got my sight. I will hasten. Oh, there's that urgency, that diligence. I'm going to move. Is that you? Or do you just sing the words and move on past it? You say it's not scripture. Okay. But it's good stuff. It's scriptural. Stir it up. What happens, verse number 10? Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence. There's that word again. Eagerness. Urgency. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Is the scripture saying here, you need to really check it out and make sure you still have your salvation? You were saved. You better check it out and make sure it's still there. <laughs> That's not what scripture teaches. It wouldn't be eternal life if you could lose it. You got your salvation. It's kind of like this. Before I leave my house, one of the last things I do is I check to make sure that in my pocket is my wallet. You say, why is that so important? Have you ever been in the grocery store? And you got everything out. And then you realize, I have no way to pay for this. It's not that you don't have money. You just don't have it with you. Or, you know, the blue and red lights go on behind you. And you don't have that nifty thing called the driver's license. It's not that you don't know how to drive. It's not that you don't have one, at least hopefully. But it's you don't have it with you. That's what Scripture's saying. Be sure that it's here, that you know it, that you refresh your memory of it. Sometimes we could go back and retake driver's ed, couldn't we? Right? It's not that you didn't know it. It's that you got to stir it up. Make sure of your calling. Hey, God has a plan for you. God has a job for you. Do you remember what it is? Are you doing it? Let's finish. Recognize the problem. The problem is that you can't see. The problem is that you're not sure of what you're doing. And you know where it leads? It leads to you don't know why God does anything. You, you know, for the Christian, there's victory and defeat, right? Which one does God want to give you? Victory. Then why are we so surprised sometimes when victory comes? When it happens and it works and we go, oh, I didn't think that would ever happen. Why not? I mean, really, God promises it. He says he's going to do it. Take him at his promise and get that victory. Amen. It should be the other side. It should be when we're going down the path and we're doing what God says and we experience defeat. We go, whoa, what happened? So many times, folks, we live in the defeat for so long. We're just longing. Lord, give me one victory. That's not right. Stir it up. Do you remember the victories that Scripture chose? Do you remember the victories that God has already done for you? That'll give you power. Last one. Review your procedure. What do you do? If you do these things, into verse number 10, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh, Christian, when you follow the things that God says, that day you step inside heaven, you know that phrase that you really want to hear? 
well done. That's what Scripture's talking about. It's not that we walk into heaven blowing our own horn saying, look at me, I made it. No. It's where we stand before our Savior and He goes, you did it. Everyone likes that affirmation, even down to the youngest. Why do we talk to our kids the way we talk to our kids? Because it works. Peter says this, you want an attaboy? You want a well done? Stir it up. So that it motivates you to do more. So that it energizes you to do more for God. Let's look at these last two verses and we're done. The ones we started with. Verse number 12, verse number 13. Having all of this said, Wherefore, I will not be negligent. I won't forget to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though you know them, and they be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet. I think it's important. Don't you? As long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. When you read the scriptures, doesn't matter where you read, it should stir you up. Now there's some passages that I go to when I need an encouragement of the Lord. I love the book of John. Boy, people who love Jesus and Jesus loved them. What an encouragement. But there's sometimes that we just need to find where we are and say, God, I want to remember. Show me. And then I have to dig deep. I already knew that. But God, I'm not living it. Stir a little deeper. Dig a little bit lower. Convict me a little bit more. I don't want to stay where I am. I want to do more for God. This time that we live in, people are hurting. I don't know if you noticed it. People are scared. Why? Because they don't have God. Is your light shining? Are you sharing with others? Or are you stuck back in your separated paint bucket? This is all that people see. Stir it up. Let them see God. Live for Him. And then... That day you step inside heaven, Jesus will say, you did good. You stirred it up. You remembered and you served me. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for your convicting word. Lord, you didn't just want us to exist. You wanted us to grow. You wanted us to thrive. You wanted us to stir our lives up to serve you more. Father, I pray for the Christian in the room today the one that needs that encouragement, the one that needs a little bit of stirring. Lord, I trust that you've stirred their heart today. Lord, I trust that they wouldn't leave the same way they walked in, but that instead, Father, we'd make the commitment today to change, to be different than we were when we walked in because of you, because of your word. Father, speak to our hearts again. Urge us again. And Lord, help us to say yes to you. As the invitation is given this morning, Christian, what are you going to do?